All right, Justin, sing me a song about something that would turn you into an evil version of you. Something that would turn me into an evil version of me? Yeah, kind of like Tar Kryptonite. <laughs> tar Kryptonite. Oh, uh, a song about something that would turn me. How about? I'll make it easier. A song about something or a song that would? I think this is kind of appropriate. What was that? What was that one song? Can't be your Superman. Can't be your Superman. Can't be your Superman. Your Superman. Your Superman. There you go. Would that turn you evil? Mm Mm-hmm. Because I can't be your Superman. I don't even know what fucking song you're singing. It sounds like you're singing a shitty version of Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. That was the song I was thinking of. I don't know if I should believe you. I don't know if that song would turn you evil, Justin. <laughs> Just because it gives you what the knowledge that you can't be Superman. I hate to break it to you, Justin. The fact that you live in the real world should have already given you that knowledge. So I don't feel it's like the song. song should be held responsible for it. <laughs> I mean, unless you were going to tell me right now, until you heard that song, you thought there was a very high probability you could be Superman. <laughs> well the song the Eminem song is about him saying you know I can't be that guy that you need me to be because I'm all about me and uh, no nah, I can't be your Superman so it is kind of bad you know he's not yeah but Justin he can't be the Superman yeah he can't be the Superman and you neither could you, I don't understand how that would turn you bad just like I don't I just don't understand how that song turns you evil because when you hear that, you go, yeah, you're right, Eminem. Be a bad man. I don't think that happens. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> I mean, I just, I was on the border of actually giving you a point because you were just, you said that. But that's not good enough. No, I don't accept that logic that you're like, yeah. Eminem's right. I can't be Superman. So I guess I'm a bad man. Damn I don't it. accept that. <laughs> Damn it. But Eminem's so convincing in his songs. I mean, he was really convincing in the song. Well, maybe if I had heard Eminem say it, maybe I would have been convinced. But I heard Jastin say it. So I'm not. Man, if he was here right now, he went, eh, You can't be Superman, Sterling. Or how, I, I think that's how he talks. You would believe it. And you would go, you're right. Like, I, I, I already said that. I literally just got done saying, maybe if he said it. I would believe it, but I don't believe it from you. Oh, man. Why you shoot the messenger? I mean, I'm just a messenger, man. Which so means you don't that, shoot the. All right. So you if you're just a messenger, me, you're going to shoot me and I'm the messenger? messenger. If you're just the messenger, that means you don't really you're believe sh- it. That means it doesn't actually sh- apply to you. That means you're not actually saying something to me from you. I can't believe you'd be that low to shoot the messenger, dude. Like, you don't well, do that. No, Justin, I'm going to 100% accept the fact that you're the messenger, and <laughs> I'm 100% going to accept that maybe that song turns Eminem evil. But by calling yourself the messenger, you're saying it's not from you. So, therefore, it does not turn you evil. And my not giving you a point and by giving you the loss is justified. Damn it. I mean, you talked yourself out of a point. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I guess I can't be the Superman tonight. Is that one of Superman's powers? Talking himself into points? No. Still didn't apply. <laughs> All right, Heather, your turn. Go. The song that would turn me into an evil version of myself. 
Or about something that would turn you evil? About something that would turn me evil. Um, oh boy. And see, I was going to use that Three Doors Down song, but we talked about it. But that it would turn you anymore. evil. Kryptonite might turn me evil. That's not how kryptonite works. That's not actually how kryptonite works. But it could be. No, it's not. It's it depends not. on the it's it not. depends on the color, though, right? Don't well, it different does. colors yes. do different things? Yes. Yeah. But hey, that's not the type of kryptonite that song's talking about. Because if you listen to what the song's talking about, it's obviously talking about making somebody weaker, which is green kryptonite. And on top of that, you're still not Kryptonian, therefore it would not affect you. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Take it easy. That was just my way of saying I didn't have a song in mind. Good, other than you that get one. a loss too. <laughs> oh man, that's what happens. Jason got me fired up. He made me watch a shitty ass fucking movie, and then he he like sits there and fucking rambles on about shooting messengers and shit. I'm fired up now. I'm feisty. Well, then this is going to be a good episode. It's going to be something. Oh yeah, it's going to be fantastic, dude. It's going to be We're something. talking about Superman. He's the ultimate superhero. We're talking about Superman. Man, we're How talking can about this be bad? Superman 3. <laughs> so let's start this music. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Jastin, and we are doing a movie off of Jastin's worst list, as I've already mentioned, Superman 3. We will talk about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with that movie. It's going to be a lot more of the don't likes, I'm sure. Uh, There we will do non-spoilers, then we'll do recommendations and scores, and... Then we will go into spoilers. Uh, time codes will be in the description. Justin, it's your movie. Start us off. What are your spoiler three free? Th- bleh. This movie has fucking drained me, and so is the Jack Daniels I've been drinking. Uh, what are your spoiler free <laughs> thoughts on this movie? All right. Superman 3. Oh. Well, 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 there's a reason why this movie makes my list and i think that it was just because of how disappointed i was when i was a kid and i first saw this especially coming off the first two superman movies so uh growing up now everybody's kind of gotten an opinion about superman and i know that the superman character is you know for whatever reason i know that he's not as cool as batman i know that batman is just the rage and everybody loves him and superman is kind of like that great character but he always seems to like um, you know, but, but I guess nowadays it's just not as cool to like him more than Batman, but growing up, it wasn't always like that, man. When I was a kid, I absolutely loved Superman and Superman was just like the absolute shit. Like he could do no wrong to me. I had every kind of action figure, life-size doll thing that was Superman. I had to have it dressed up as him many times for Halloween. So yeah, I was that kid growing up. I just loved this Superman character. Um, Bought a lot of his comic books growing up. Uh, was you know i was 
on the edge of my seat when they did the death of Superman, Superman comic. I just, any kind of special that was on TV, even the old Supermans that would come on Nick at night, I would watch those. Uh, there's an old Superman cartoon. And if I'm not mistaken, I think it's either on Netflix or it might even be on Disney plus it's on one of them, but it was animated and it was kind of like an animated short. And it was just these little Superman episodes. And I loved the, those animated Superman episodes. Uh, the later Superman that came out that was kind of based on the same, had the same similar artwork style. Warner Brothers did it. The same people that did uh, the Batman animated series. I thought the Superman animated series was pretty good. Very successful. It was followed up by the Justice League and some other cartoons. So, I mean, I don't need to tell you about Superman. He's been around and I loved him. I'm a big fan of him. So when these first two Superman movies came out with Christopher Reeve, I absolutely loved them. I just thought that they were just wonderful movies and for all their flaws I still think that they are two of some of the best comic book uh, movies ever made and Superman he's the original man like this was the blueprint you know this was the blueprint for how to do these superhero movies and you could argue that a lot of these superhero movies especially origin movies copy the formula that these series of movies set up and unfortunately when you get to this movie Superman 3 uh, this also sets a trend too for how not to do a superhero movie and this was just so disappointing to me that it made my list before Superman 4 though I do think Superman 4 is probably a worse movie probably so I need to watch them back to back if I could make it through that without dying and really make a determination on that. But I feel like Superman four is worse, but this one coming off the high that I had of Superman one and two and being so disappointed. I hated this movie growing up. So that's why it had to be here. And that's why I had to force you guys to watch this tonight. So yeah, that's me making a short story long about why you guys are watching this. So there, now you can appreciate the history of why you're here. Um, as far as this movie is concerned, man, I mean, uh, I think the biggest flaw with this is just the fact that the first two Superman movies were very serious. They were they were hopeful and light and everything joyful and, and everything like that. Right. But they weren't so heavy on comedy that Superman lost that seriousness. You know, there's a real like uh the, 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 there's a real like sense of danger in the other Superman movies. There's meaningful dialogue in the other movies. There's, there are parts where there are, they're very heartfelt and all of these actors like, um, like Christopher Reeve and everybody else involved with this project. Like there are scenes where they really get to show some heart and really capture the essence of these characters like I knew them in the comic books. And it seemed like Superman 3 was just a complete abandonment of that. It was like somebody said, okay, you know those two movies that were a little more serious and successful and I don't know, kind of tried to capture the heart of the comic? Let's just do the opposite of that with Superman 3. And let's just go completely slapstick, ha ha, 
funny comedy. None of this is to be taken seriously. All of this is stupid. Let's just do a movie like that and see what happens. And I'm sure it'll be just as successful. I'm sure two hours of this will be just as successful as the other Superman movies and uh this is not a spoiler uh this movie was terrible and did not do well at the box office and it just beats you up with slapstick comedy so it's ironic that the term is called slapstick because that's what this feels like it this feels like two hours of somebody just slapping you in the face and telling you to laugh That's what this is. You know, it's just scene after scene of unfunny thing and unfunny thing. And the script wants you to laugh. The script says, hey, I'm going to keep giving you the same gag and we'll get into specifics. I'll get into that in a minute because it's the same gag over and over and over constantly in this movie. And I know that the screenwriter just had to have been writing this going, laughing to himself, going, Oh man, oh, this is going to be so funny. I can write it here. I can write it there. I can write it anywhere. I mean, it was like a Dr. Seuss probably book of this guy just writing the same gag throughout this movie. And none of it is funny. It isn't funny the first time, the second time, the third time, the fifth time, the eighth time, the tenth time. None of it is funny. And then the plot is just so mind blowingly stupid when you compare it to the other movies. This oil tycoon and this Gus guy who's played by Richard Pryor who's down on his luck and somehow accidentally becomes a computer whiz and using computers to manipulate weather, to manipulate money, to manipulate. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy how outlandish the plot is and it's just so unbelievable that you just can't invest in anything you don't believe the situations you don't believe anything um and then and i mean christopher reeve i really enjoy christopher reeve i i I love him as the superman character and believe it or not there's even some acting that i will argue christopher reeve does here that's actually good and i'll get into that in a few minutes but he couldn't save this as good as he plays the character as good as he is as superman and he has a great charm too as clark kent as well which when you watch him you realize just how much that's kind of missing from some of the people who play some of these comic book characters today but he has a charm on both sides of that superman character as clark and superman but not even he with all of his charms and and that smile and his tall dark charismatic demeanor could not save this from just being a sinking ship so yeah uh that would probably be my spoiler free uh impressions of the film thus far heather what about you yeah and i i think there's definitely a difference here of fandom i suppose because not that i i'm not a fan of superman i just not as much as as Justin, <laughs> but um, I do remember watching the Superman movies when I was younger because my dad was like a huge fan. Um, I think he was more a fan of like Christopher Reeve than like Superman as a whole. Like, I think he just liked how Christopher Reeve played Superman, which is valid. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I don't really, you know, I'll probably get a lot of backlash for this, but I don't really remember the Superman movies all that well because I only watched them once or twice, maybe. And so it's not something that I just watch them all the time or I've seen them multiple times really. So I don't remember a lot about them, but I remember enough to know that they were definitely better than this one. (laughs) And even the tone and everything about the story is just everything in the first and the second one is just so much better. And, you know, I look at this one, the third one, and I'm just like, is this supposed to be the same people and the same superhero and like the same world? Like it just feels very disjointed in that way. And you're right. It's like they wanted to like try to go, I don't know, like more funny with it, but the funny wasn't funny. And it just, my biggest problem, honestly, with it really has to be the pacing of it and just the the way that they pieced the story together. It kind of reminds me of Sterling's issue he had with um, Fantasy Island, where it's you feel like it was ending like five different times. And then there was just like, oh, yeah, but this other piece of the story we wanted to follow up on. <laughs> and it just felt like it did that so many times in this movie. And I'm like, what? Like, why didn't you just kind of interweave this together more or like it was just like they wanted to do one full story and then go on to another complete full story after that or something and it didn't it didn't connect well and I just feel like they they just did not do that part well at all and I think that was my my biggest issue with it it wasn't like it was hard to follow in the sense of like it was over my head it was just hard to follow in the sense of I I got bored super quick in it because of how they paced it and how they kind of did the storytelling aspects and pieced it together. And I think that that was a huge downfall of this one. And also, yeah, like just the, everything felt so forced with the humor that they were trying to do with it. And it just, nothing connected, nothing leveled out. And you're right. Christopher Reeve is a very charming Superman. Very good Clark Kent, very good Superman. He's a very charming, you know, person that is very magnetic. And, you know, you you can't help but love Christopher Reeve as Superman. But in this, I'm like, it's kind of like pieces of it remind me of how how everyone kind of turned on Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 3 for how he was in that. <laughs> That's what this like. It's not <laughs> quite that bad, but it's, it, it felt like a, what are you doing? Like, why is this what we're doing with the story of Superman in this? It, and I know we'll get more into that, but that is really the vibe I got from it. And to be honest, I just really was not um, captivated by this. I was not enthralled in this movie in any sort of way. Really, I don't think that it would have made much of a difference if I had never seen this movie ever. So, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time I've seen this one. <laughs> like the first two, I know I had seen. I don't think that I had seen this one when I was younger, but um, maybe maybe my family knew this was a bad one. So they were like, no, don't watch it. Just watch the first two. But it just it's, it's really, really bad. And I was super bored with it. And I, I like Superman. Like, I, I like Superman as a character. I like the, I like a lot of the Superman movies. 
I just definitely don't like this one. So, yeah. I don't even know what to fucking say about this fucking shit show of a fucking <laughs> movie. Um, it sucks a lot, like a lot, a lot. And it's infinitely too long. I mean, this clock's at the official runtime of this is two hours and four minutes. And I think that that is the actual runtime of whoever timed it. Like how long they just stayed awake for. Cause this movie is easily <laughs> right? 27 years long. Yes. And I, I do agree with you, Justin. The reason why I, I uh, Superman for a quest for peace or whatever the fuck that movie's called is a worse movie than this, but coming off the heels of Superman one and two, this one is more of a letdown. Yeah. Superman four is not a letdown because it follows this. This was exactly. just the trajectory <laughs> of the franchise. The fourth movie being that bad. That was just the direction the franchise was going because this movie was made. And it's just one of those things that it's like, it, it, it feels so weird. Cause it's like, Oh man, we're getting Richard Pryor. We need to make this a comedy. What the fuck was the opening sequence of this movie? Like <laughs> it was the, the does, worst thing I've ever seen. How the fuck does anything happen in Metropolis? If it succumbs to chaos that easily, a beautiful woman walks down the street and half the city gets destroyed. Like what the fuck happens? <laughs> Like, it's just utter insanity. Like, A, blind, like, assistance dogs, like the uh, helper dogs that blind people use, are trained to not chase shit. I know this is kind of spoilers, but it's spoilers for the first, like, honestly, 25 minutes of this movie. Because the intro of this movie is stupid long also. But, like, this dog runs away, and so this blind guy, I don't know, Mr. Magoo's this city into the levels of destruction of what Zod <laughs> did in Man of Steel. <laughs> like, it would not surprise me if they decided to do Batman versus Superman. And instead of it being Zod and Superman destroying half the city, it was just this blind guy and Superman's inability to stop a blind guy from destroying half the city that turns Bruce Wayne against him. But it's just a fucking ha like haberdashery. Of just slapstick jokes and utterly preposterous things that Superman is doing. Like, why can't Clark just do anything without turning into Superman? Exactly. <laughs> he, he can change so fast. He can get in the back of a cop car, change into Superman, and walk out. Just like somebody just going straight through. And so fast that the police officer in the car doesn't even notice anyone was in there. He can move that fast, but he has to go change into Superman to go save a kid in a field. If you can move that fast, just go do it. No one would even know. You'd be like, oh yeah, he was 10 feet away. And also, I'm not going to lie. I completely forgot that Annette O'Toole plays Lana Lang in this. Mm-hmm. And it brought back weird PTSD memories <laughs> of Smallville. <laughs> and I thought about Smallville too. How because much it was I Lana Lang. fucking hated Lana fucking Lang and the love story with Clark in that. If you've watched Smallville, 
didn't it go at least five seasons too long with that love arc? Seriously. Just that it did. Well, they won't. They, they are. They're not. They know they're not. They're this. They're that. They're this. Fuck off. It was tiresome. And I thought I was done with that part of my life. I haven't watched a single episode of Smallville since it ended like 10 years ago, whenever the fucking ended. And this right here brought back all of the agony I felt with that fucking love story between Lana and Clark. And the fact that it has a net O'Toole, who, if you don't know, plays Ma Kent in Smallville. It was just fucking painful. And I don't know, like, I guess I have a different, like, definition of the word charming. Because I don't know how anybody looks at him playing fucking Clark and goes, that's some charming shit right there. It's just not. I don't care. Uh, You guys might hate me for this. I'm not a fan of Christopher Reeves. I'm not really a fan of the Superman movies. I understand why they're important and I understand why people like them. I don't like them. And honestly, I hated most of everything that Christopher Reeves did in this. I will say this. I'm wondering if mine and Justin's might have some agreement with what I do think was good acting on his part. We'll find out later because I do think he showed some really good fucking acting in times in this movie. There's one part of this movie that as a whole, I think is stupid, but I think the individual aspects of parts of that storyline in this movie actually kind of work very well and kind of make me wish I saw that as the Superman movie instead of just part of the Superman movie. But they take all the nuance and greatness of those scenes and they destroy it with utter preposterousness of what Justin was saying (laughs) earlier with the slapstick comedy. I mean, I mean, Richard Pryor should have died. What? At least 27 times in this movie. (laughs) So every hour of the movie, he should have died. Yes. And then somehow at the end of the movie, Superman's just like, yeah, he's my buddy. What the fuck is this movie? (laughs) (laughs) That's really the only question you can ask with this movie and i just love i love how movies like this i know this was 1983 and computers especially were a really new thing back then but like it really leans into like what we still experience now with movies of people's just basic misunderstanding of technology and how any of it works to get away with the most ridiculous ass bullshit in a movie i mean they're acting like everything is so interconnected Like it is now we got to the point of interconnectivity. Like now that they are posturing is the case in 1983 that one computer can just affect every computer ever. I mean, and I know this might not be something, especially that people in 1983 gave a fuck about because you said the word computer and they were like, whoa, whoa, let's slow down here. But in some ways, though, this movie was soothsaying with that shit. I mean, that was what, 37 years ago? And what they were saying was the state of the world 37 years ago. It wasn't. Oddly enough, completely is now. I mean, they were talking about how computers rule everything in 1983. And I'm like, there was like five computers in existence at the time. Like, what are you talking about? But like... 
Now? Yeah, they do. They run everything. So I'm not going to lie. I do appreciate that about this movie is the basic premise of this movie that was bullshit in 1983 actually 100% kind of works now. So weirdly, weirdly, a major plot point in this movie is the only thing that actually ages well from this movie. And that's something you rarely ever see. Most of the time when they age, technology is actually what backfires. Is they're like, oh, it's going to be the year 2015. Everyone's going to have a flying car by then. And then obviously we don't, you know. But oddly enough, no, they fucking nailed it at one part of this. And I love the fact that they, and this is a spoiler, but I don't give a fuck. Because who really gives a fuck about spoilers for this dumpster fire of a fuck fest of a movie? (laughs) The movie Office Space actually kind of steals a part of a plot point from this movie. Where Richard Pryor just is like, oh, I just stole half a cent from shit and got like $82,000 or whatever. Mm -hmm. This movie weirdly has been robbed of multiple things. And that surprises me because I don't know how enough people saw this to actually rob things from it. That's probably why they knew they wouldn't get found out. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I say that I, th- I think this movie actually should have done better at the box office because I think people would have assumed based on Superman's one and two that they should see this movie. And on top of that, you have Richard Pryor or maybe they just had more common sense than we do. And they stayed the fuck away from it. But we didn't. And honestly, Justin, I don't know if I'll ever forgive you for this. You're welcome, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, you're saying, I mean, like, and I'm saying that like I've never seen it before. I have seen it. Oddly enough, I think you and me watched it like 15 years ago because we were assholes to each other then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think this was one of the movies that we used to have a game where we would buy each other the shittiest movies we could buy. And (laughs) I mean, I spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars on movies (laughs) doing this. And it was stupid too, because you would, I would go and like, there was a sale like Hollywood videos and they're getting rid of all their used movies and shit. And instead of being like, Oh, I could save a ton of money and just buy these. I would go, Hey, I could spend the same amount of money and get more of them that's neither here nor there but i think this was one of the movies we bought for each other someone bought this movie for someone else and one of the rules of the game was if it got bought for you we had to watch it and yeah we did we watched this not that i mean i say not that long ago but like 15 years ago you had to watch it together or just watch it well yeah well, i guess had, together so you knew they would watch it yeah you had to know that you so you made them watch <laughs> yeah. it so that, yep. was, that was the, also the double-edged sword of it if you bought somebody a shitty movie you had to sit through it too. But this was, this was on that That's list. Hilarious. Like we did watch this together and that wasn't even the first time I had seen it. I, I did forget though. I always forget that this is the movie. He crushes a piece of coal into a diamond. <laughs> yep. For some reason, I always think that Superman too, or whatever one he goes back in time in. I always think it's that one. It's not, it's this one. Like whenever he's like, Oh, Hey, We've got to go here real quick. And they land in that coal plant. I was like, oh, fuck, it's this one. As soon as I saw what it was, I was like, fuck, it's this movie. And I'm not going to lie also, is that not a shitty looking diamond? I mean, it's all wavy and wrinkly. It looks like fucking like 
a clear version of a DC villain in modern movies. It's just wrinkly. <laughs> uh, recommendations and scores. Heather, go. Uh, definitely, I do not recommend this movie. <laughs> like, I just, I, there was nothing about it that I enjoyed or thought was especially good in any sort of way. So, unfortunately, no, I cannot say I recommend this one. Uh, my score. Ooh, my score. Um, this score is going to be 12 Supermans with perfectly slicked back hair after being crushed by rocks out of 100. 12? You gave it an actual 12? <laughs> yes. How the fuck did it get 12 points? Jeez, you were too fucking nice. Chest and go. Man, do I recommend this? Man, hell no. If you're going to watch Superman, watch something else. There's a bunch of other Superman stuff to watch, enjoy, read Kingdom Come. I mean, there there's so many other things, Superman, that are great. Please don't watch this. I only did this because it's on a worse list that this is only for special occasions like this when you are trying to torture somebody else. So, no, I do not recommend this as far as a score man i don't even know if i can justify this with a number so we're just gonna go negative s for the superman symbol yeah it gets a one negative superman symbol and also we'll couple that with you know and i'll go ahead and do a number we'll give it the special negative s superman symbol and then uh, for a number we'll go negative two richard pryor skiing off of a building and somehow living out of a hundred if you want to know my recommendation and score for this movie go back to our rambo final blood or last blood whatever the fuck that last rambo movie was and hear my recommendation and score for that movie it's the same for this one and that's all i'm saying so spoilers sure all right justin you want to go first since it's yours yeah okay so back to that beginning opening sequence man that you talked about like what's even more disappointing about that is that okay you had a chance, like if you watch the other two Superman movies, how did they begin? They began with the Superman theme. And to, if you ask me, I think that the Superman theme is probably not this Superman theme. I, well, I guess there are several of them, but this one well, composed John by John. Wi yeah, John yeah. Williams. This one to me is probably... I, it, Man, I don't even think it's debatable. If you ask me, I'm going to say it's the greatest superhero theme. I think it is. I think it is the absolute best one. It 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 perfectly encapsulates Superman. It okay. just has all of it in there. I have a question. Yeah. You think this is better than Batman the Animated Series? Man, that's good too. That's good. But this is why I think this edges that's, it out. That's the only one I think that would beat it. I'm not gonna lie. I do the John Williams Superman theme is one of the most iconic like themes out there. It to me is right up there with the Imperial March for uh Darth yeah. Vader. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like it is. It's like that. It's one of those. Like it's just recognizable. But what I love about it is that it's just so full of hope. Like you can hear 
the drum beats and Superman approaching. You can hear him saving people. You can hear everybody looking up when they suddenly see him and he's flying over the city. You can hear it all in that song. But what I think edges out this, why this song edges out every other superhero theme is that there's the part where it slows down. And that part is for Clark Kent. You know, that part, dun 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 that part where it goes slow and that's for Clark Kent. Then at some point, you know, you can see Clark Kent and the Daily Planet messing around with Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane. Then it goes back to the heroic, okay, he he opens up the suit and now we're Superman again. And you can hear it all in that song any other theme that you think about where's the other alter ego like when i listen i love the batman theme but where's the but where's bruce wayne in that he's not there okay it's just batman you are right on that but batman reluctantly relies on bruce wayne less than clark kent or superman wants to be clark kent that's my argument on that though you're right about that. I think one is more dependent on the other, but it just would have been nice. You know, like, like in the Batman theme, you can hear him lurking behind somebody. You can hear him coming. You can hear him sneaking up behind somebody. You hear him whooping ass. But there's but that's a part of him, too, man. The the Bruce Wayne, the, that's a part of him, too. It's not as big of a part as it is for Clark. That is true. I would give you that. But I think when you do superhero themes, you should consider that, you know, that's got to be in there, too. That's part of him, too. The Spider-Man theme. Where's where's the Peter Parker part of that? You know, you just don't you don't hear it like any other superhero theme you think about. That's the only one where I feel like I get both alter egos. And so that's to me is why I think it's special. But no, what, I do ap- uh, appreciate what you said about Batman, though. What about the Zack Snyder Wonder Woman guitar riff? Oh, my God. I love that song. I love that one. Like, it's one of those that, things. A, I'm not going to lie. When I first saw it in the trailer and they did that, I was like, fuck, that's dumb. And then when you see it in the movie, you're like, OK, it's not as dumb as the trailer made it seem. When you hear it in Wonder Woman, though, I'm not gonna lie, kind of fires you up. Yeah, man. That theme is awesome too. That that's also one of my favorite ones. It's badass. Uh, but yeah, man. But 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 that John Williams Superman dude, he freaking nailed it. I mean, he just nailed the shit out of that. So back to the beginning of this movie, because this is why it sucks even more. In the first two movies, they st- they open with that theme. And how can you get any better than that? And words are flashing and flying around and it's showing you scenes from the last movie or showing you credits. And they're all doing all these cool little graphic effects that were in space flying around. And it just gets you hyped up for a Superman movie. What did this elect to do? Like you said, I'm not going to repeat what you said, but what you said is true. There's Mr. Magoo stuff with a blind man. There's pies and faces. I mean, this was a straight up, like you said, it was a straight up Mr. Magoo, like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Oh my God. What is the name of that well, guy with the mustache and glasses? And he walks around and everything crazy is happening. It's old. It's old stuff. The top hat and the glasses. What is that shit called again? Mr. Monopoly. Black and white. 
Yes, that no, stuff. No, 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 no. Are you talking about Charlie Chaplin? Charlie Chaplin. Yes. That's what it was. It was it was that kind of shit at the beginning of the movie. Straight up like that kind of stuff. And and so all of that is happening and none of it is interesting. And I want to say this is later in the movie, but the part where the traffic signals start fighting each other. That is amazing because it starts making noises, too. Like, they are actual <laughs> things. It makes fucking fighting game noises. They start fighting each other, and then, when the tra- and then the traffic lights and stuff change, and the cars just go out there with tons of people in the street. <laughs> the cars go, well, it's great. Why are these people out here? Like, wouldn't you just wait for them to get out of the hey, road? Hey, I'll say this. That means you haven't driven enough in a really big city. Not, I really haven't. Not you in get, any. Well, I have driven in big cities, you but get not around, like you nothing get like New fucking, York. You get around some fucking cab drivers in the city. It don't matter if your shit says walk or not. You fucking get out the way. <laughs> you better go, huh? Okay. Okay. So it does happen. People just rub people over. I mean, okay. when I visit not New to York, the degree of Metropolis, but <laughs> Metropolis doesn't know how to fucking handle a damn thing. But I get what you're saying, because when I went to New York, they were aggressive as hell. I mean, they couldn't hardly go anywhere because it was just jams galore. But, yeah, they were pretty aggressive in New York. But still, it's just nothing but people doing stupid stuff, man. And that was just such a jarring, just disappointing. You got to just put put it in the perspective of someone who's coming off those two movies and then seeing that it was just so incredibly jarring. And then a car starts filling up with water because it crashes over a fire hydrant. And this car is just filling up with water water <laughs> it was a flintstone car you didn't know that <laughs> it must have been it's just in this matter like oh no this man is drowning and i mean none of that water was coming out of that car i mean that car was man i mean you know I what mean, i noticed the, about that scene that's amazing what that car had like push button door handles it did. they were just pulling on the handle be like i don't fucking know why it's not opening you're not fucking hitting the latch, bro. <laughs> and yeah, so all of that. And like you said, it all started with, okay, a hot blonde walks across the street in a tight outfit. And that is what happened. I mean, that really was the catalyst for that entire thing. So anyway, yes, that was a terrible beginning when you could have just started it with the Superman theme by John Williams, which would have been just perfectly acceptable to start a Superman movie. Yeah, but, uh, but I think I their movie didn't, they knew their movie didn't hold up to that, so they didn't want to get anybody's hopes up. That this <laughs> was gonna probably be right. They're like, we'll fucking end it with it because we have to have it. But we're sure as fuck not putting it in the beginning because this ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> yeah, man, you're right. Maybe that was what it was. They were like, man, we can't do it, man. We we don't want to do people like that. We they, they need to know what they're walking into. Uh, so maybe that was the thought process behind that. But anyway, Richard Pryor, what? Why was he good at computers? Because do he, we know he, that? No, his whole point was. He just accidentally did shit that was impossible and he just kept doing it. But I'm like, 
Yeah, that's all it was. It's like he accidentally like because that woman's like, "How do you do two bilateral directions?" And like, and I'm also thinking, well, you said bilateral. That means there's two. But I digress. And the guy's like, "Nope, that's impossible." And then Richard Bard's like, "Hey, I just did it." And he's like, "How?" And he's like, "I don't know. I just put it in." And I'm like, like it shows the computer screen, and it's like, "Well, you just put two things in." It's asking yeah. for two things. You put two in. And then, like, you see numbers flash and all this stuff, and everybody's like, wow, man, Richard Pryor's awesome. But, I mean, but as an audience member, how do we understand what he did? How do we know? What does it mean? (laughs) What's the significance of it? (laughs) Movie magic. But, like, why is that even a good thing? Like, the the guy didn't even, they didn't even bother to write that in there. Like, oh, why didn't the manager go, oh, my gosh, if you can do this, man, now we can perform functions twice as fast. You could have, all I'm asking for is a line. Justin. We We didn't even know why that was significant. You are asking for something of a movie that says I need to build the most advanced computer ever. That means it has missile launchers. I don't want to hear that shit, Justin. <laughs> but but it's just you know case in point like th- that like right off the bat they didn't even explain why what he could do was significant like you just had no clue i was just confused i saw a bunch of numbers flash on a screen and a noise was made like it sounded like something good happened but (laughs) they didn't bother to explain any of that shit so i was like huh and then it just moves on and then it's like all right now you know that richard Pryor's awesome now let's move on to the next scene and that is literally how that shit went and what was with this gag that they kept doing where character a says something that character b misinterprets and then hilarity is supposed to ensue what was with that (laughs) for two hours two hours guys Two hours of I'm going to say something. This Then this character goes, oh, well, blah, blah, blah. And then this character goes, no, that's not what I meant. I meant this. Or no, I meant this. What? For two hours? And I'm not making this up, people. I'm not making this up. It is that same damn gag throughout the entire freaking movie. I mean, it just got to the point to where I started counting. There's that gag again. There's that gag again. You know, Clark would be like, well, man, there's a lot of options here. And then Annette O'Toole goes, oh, well, you know, I just don't think there are that many men here. And he's like, no, I'm talking about what you packed in the picnic basket. Okay, there it is again. Number 85, time number 85. And we're halfway through this movie. And they just kept doing it. So I don't know why the screenwriter thought that this was so funny, but he did it numerous times. And I I swear every character in this has a moment like that. Every character does that that method. What do you expect from a movie that they treat Clark getting invited to his high school reunion? Like that's something that not all high school kids get. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Like Lois Lane is like, they were like, oh, hey, Clark was invited to his high school reunion. They're like, oh, like, yeah, like everyone does. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, it's true. Like, yeah, that's just such a normal ass thing. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be big news, this, that, and the other. And I was like, uh, how? But, you know, you didn't explain Richard Pryor to me. So I guess I'm just not going to get, I know I wasn't going to get an explanation. And guess what? We didn't get one. You know, we did not. Uh, also, in that scene where Clark is trying to convince them, hey, going to, my reunion is a good idea for a news story. There's an incredibly dirty joke in that scene. And I was like, okay, that was really dirty. I didn't, I didn't catch that. Of course, when I was a kid, but there's a really dirty joke whenever, um, Jimmy Olsen, uh, and, uh, white Perry white are talking, um, and he's telling him, he's like, you know, you're, you're supposed to be a photographer. You know, a photographer goes everywhere with his camera. A photographer sleeps with his camera. And then Lois goes, oh, it's a good thing I'm a writer then. Isn't that a pretty dirty joke? Like, <laughs> nah, you supposed to fuck that camera. Yeah, because the pen, because I'm thinking, because I was like, dude, that's a really dirty joke because like. When she says, I'm glad I'm a writer. Why? Because they use a pen, which means she can stick the pen. I was like, that's incredibly dirty for Superman. Like, I didn't like it. I did laugh and go, huh, that was pretty nasty. But for Superman? <laughs> Why is that in Superman? So, yeah, that was a pretty dirty jerk. That just is just one of those things. You're an adult. You catch it now. Um but I mean, but other than that, man, I mean, God, there's just so much. I, I put down so much stuff. I mean, there's just so much stupid stuff in this movie. Sneeze bowling whenever he sneezes and makes the kid. Oh, and you should have killed bowling. like 19 other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just put down sneeze bowling. Uh, the fact that you can make weather with the computer. Oh, let me just type this in. Satellite shoots something. Now we have tornadoes. <laughs> like, what was this? Like, <laughs> why? Why could you just make weather well, Justin, with a satellite? You didn't, you didn't even mention that Superman picked up a tornado. Yeah, it turned it upside down. You're right. He did that. That it's like you were playing happened. Mad Libs and like just wrote this movie playing Mad Libs or something. It's crazy. Everything is just makes no sense. Yeah. Like it just and then and the weird thing and like you talked about, Heather, just the incredible shifts in tone. Like, OK, they when this movie started, there was a better part to begin this movie with and they didn't do it. And then instead, we got that stupid Charlie Chapman beginning. But like, OK. How incredibly stupid was that beginning? And then a few scenes later, when Jimmy and Clark are going to Smallville and then the whole fire happens with that chemical plant and it's like, oh, no, you know, soups. Uh, if if the fire isn't put out in time, these things are going to melt and it's going to be an entire this acid and stuff's going to go everywhere. It could cause a really bad nuclear meltdown. There'll be all this pollution. This is a really bad 
problem. And then, you know, Jimmy Olsen is being Jimmy Olsen. He tries to take some pictures of the flames and everything, and then he falls down and gets hurt. Now he's stuck. It's surrounded by fire. And then Superman saves him. And then Superman uses his super breath to make an ice cap. He makes like a big ass ice glacier cap thing and he tosses it over the entire uh, nuclear plant and it like diffuses the fire and everything and okay would that have diffused the fire no but didn't that feel like uh, that would have been a much better beginning to this movie that felt like Superman. That felt like something Superman would do. You know, he says one of the news people gets in trouble. He finds a way to get in the Superman suit. He saves the day. That felt like a beginning to this movie. Not that Charlie Chapman, Mr. Magoo shit that they did. And that was an incredible switch in tone because you showed us nothing but stupid stuff, stupid stuff, stupid stuff, stupid stuff. Then when you wanted to be Superman, I, a, a Superman movie. I just didn't care. So that scene didn't have any effectiveness because of all the stupid stuff you showed me scenes before, you know, I had to get through 20 minutes of stupid stuff before I got like a real Superman scene, or at least that's how I felt, uh, in that moment. Um, but other than that, man, I mean, I'll probably just chime in back and forth. I mean, there's just so much bad stuff. Like, I don't want to like crowd this thing talking about bad stuff, but I'll just quickly bullet point some of the things that I just thought were really stupid. Like the, the video game rocket thing where the guy was controlling missiles and trying to hit Superman. What the hell was that? Why was it suddenly a video game and it was like game over and (laughs) there was like an insert coin screen that was so dumb. And and I mean, they nerfed Superman in this movie, but never do you think any of these things can hurt him. So that was just uh, really all just stupid shit and now to just and then the last thing i'll say before i turn over to you guys the thing that i liked and i would do wonder sterling if we're talking about the same thing okay is it just me or this whole evil superman thing and this fight that he has with clark kent this superman clark kent fight okay to me if, if there there's a thin line between like that being the most stupidest thing to that almost being genius, like with how that's set up and that conflict, because like, if you look at it as a guy literally walked out of another guy and they started fighting each other, it's dumb, right? (laughs) Like that's just preposterous and stupid, but it totally works as like this mental struggle, this mental inner struggle that's happening physically in Clark Kent or in Kal-El, I guess we'll call him by his actual name in Superman, right? It, it does kind of work like that. And I I just wish that, that, and I mean, they kind of sort of skipped around that because when he's choking the evil Superman, the evil Superman just kind of disappears and he's there by himself. But 
you, you know, they, but they didn't quite say that was happening in his head. So you got to just assume it was a physical thing and stuff broke and all of that kind of stuff. So you can't really say it all happened in his head, but if it did happen in his head, that would have actually been good. And what would have helped that I think is if there was kind of some dialogue there about what we saw earlier, because the whole time in this movie, you do get the feeling that whenever he goes back to Smallville, his roots, and he's talking to Annette O'Toole and they're having this back and forth, you do get the sense that, and that's because Christopher Reeve is just good at playing this character, but you got the sense that there was this struggle about, am I good enough for her? You know, you know, is my Clark good enough to be with this woman or is she too infatuated with the Superman? There are elements of that, right? Because the kid, she calls him and he's like, you know, he's excited about the call. And then she calls him and goes, hey, you know, the kid was wondering if Superman could come over for the birthday. And see, this is where I think Christopher Reeve does do well with his acting because you could almost see the deflated expression on his face. Like, oh man, you want Superman. You don't want Clark. You want Superman, you know? And he's like, yeah, you know, I can, uh, you know, I talked to Superman and yeah, you know, I can make sure that Superman uh, comes over for the birthday party. And then, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, and, and, and he's happy about it, but you can tell there was some disappointment there because he wants her to want him right as Clark. He wants her to, he wants her to want just the regular guy. Uh, Uh, Because obviously him as Superman, maybe that can't work, but he feels like uh, Clark, it could work. He wants her to like him for him, not because of the Superman. Right. And then at the end of that call, she goes, thank you, Clark. You know, Superman is amazing and everything. But really, Clark, you're the best. And he lights up at the end of that phone call because he was so happy that he got acknowledgement as Clark. And if you had gotten to the scene in the garb in the junkyard with him and the dark Superman, and if the dark Superman has started telling Clark, you're never, you'll never be good enough. You know, you're not good enough. And that's why you always lose. That's why you can't have a girl. That's why you don't have Lois. That's why you don't have Lana and you'll never be good enough for them only I'm good enough for them there could have been some banter there and you could have gotten the sense if it was a mental struggle you could have gotten the sense that that was his struggle like I want these people to like me for me but I always have to be Superman and there could have been something really brilliant there and they didn't quite get there they didn't but I saw the potential for that to really be awesome with some of the plot points that they set up, but it's not awesome. It just comes off as absolutely ridiculous. But I will say this, Christopher Reeves acting in those scenes as the dark Superman, when he gets, he's really intense. Like there was this one part in it where he's like, come on, come on, Clark, come on. And he gets this and he's like, you can see the veins popping out of his neck and he looks hella angry. And he's like, he's super intense in those scenes when he's beating up Clark Kent. And I thought that in those moments, that was the best acting that he did. And just some of the way he was with people 
when he was Eva Superman, the nonchalant attitude, the the way that he would act, it was a great contrast to the Superman that we're used to seeing. And I really think that, and even though the scenes are not like, I wouldn't call them great scenes or anything, but I got to hand it to Christopher Reeve for really kind of pulling that off, you know, in those moments as Eva Superman. So I will give that part, that aspect of the film of Cujo's. And yeah, that's all I got. You guys can have it. Uh, No, no, you're, you're like right along there with me with, uh, with what we were talking about with that. I do not like the story arc of the evil Superman. I like the individual parts of it though. Like Christopher Reeves did an amazing job at times of yeah. playing that burned out. I don't give a fuck Superman. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the individual scenes I like, it's just when you put them all together, it's a dumb, like I hated whenever he's like getting drunk in the bar. Like I actually, like I remembered hating that scene, but in this time I liked it. Like just seeing him get so like disgusted with himself, he he melts a mirror and then he leaves. But then I hate how he just runs down the street. Like it looks <laughs> so fucking dumb. You have this kind of like emotionally deep scene that like he's so far gone that he doesn't even give a fuck that he's sitting there as Superman getting wasted and being a piece of shit. Yeah. And then he just and you're right, runs dude, down dude. the street. I didn't catch that before I let you go again. I didn't catch that though. The part about the mirror and him being in so much disdain, he destroys that mirror. I did not see that that way, but you're right, dude. That was good shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, huh. like those scenes weirdly that. have depth. And it's just like you said, that fight in the, the, the garbage dump with himself is either the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, right? I can't decide. <laughs> Another Brad Pitt in seven moment. It is. It's one of those things that, like, at face value, it's utter shit. <laughs> but at the same but time. On a deeper level. <laughs> yeah, the, the struggle of fighting with yourself and, like, who you really are and yeah coming to terms like it's fucking great yeah and it's probably one of the earlier types of films to do that kind of thing so yeah and it's 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 one of those things that it's it's beautiful and it's touching and it's deep and reflective and it's also goofy and bonkers and shitty and shrouded and crazy yeah it's it's just it's one or the other and it's not gray I just can't tell like you which what? one it is. It, it's like the whole fucking, is it the blue dress or white dress bullshit again? It just depends on when you look at it. <laughs> it's true. It's kind of true because like, uh, it's so. It, I think you, per, you just d- described it perfectly because on one end, you're like, man, this, there's this great inner struggle. And then there's a part where a magnet cartoonishly <laughs> slams him into the ground. Yeah. Or that Superman stands there for like 30 minutes while Clark throws tires at him. Yeah. (laughs) Then there's that. And then the tires break apart like they're wood. Yeah. And he looks surprised. Like, and he looks surprised. Like, oh, that didn't hold him. (laughs) Or, Or like when Clark chokes him from behind 
and his hands are on the side of his neck and he's not choking shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you? <laughs> yeah. It's so. filled of garbage moments, but like the, the backness, like the, the backstory part of it is what makes it work. And it's like yeah. I said, it's, I like individual parts of the bad Superman. Like I'm severely disappointed. You did not mention that Superman fucks in this movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you're all disappointed Man, with the like, naughty joke and you're like, Oh, that's not Superman. What are you talking about? Superman fucks in this movie and it's amazing. And <laughs> like, is it? <laughs> yes. It's fucking amazing. Cause he just rolls in there and he's like, yeah, I did that tanker. And she's like, yeah, now I'm going to do you. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and then later in the movie, <laughs> she's like gist, that yeah. night. And he's like, Shit, that wasn't me. I loved every second of that. But <laughs> like I like I said, I like parts of all of this. Like I love all the parts of the evil Superman. It's just they every time I'm like, all right, they're getting it, they fuck it up right after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they just it's so and, disjointed. And like I said, there was a real opportunity there because with the whole thing going on with Annette O'Toole and Lana Lang, there was a way to tie that all together and it would have perfectly fit with that battle that he has on the inside at the end, towards the end. That all could have fit together if you made it this whole Clark versus Supes thing. And he's trying to impress her as Clark, but they just seem to want Superman. I really think there was something there. They could have tied all that together. And I want to say they may have even thought they had that, you know, but it just, but they didn't, they did not by any means did they have that. But I feel like if this was made today, there would have been a way you could have tied that all together. You well, know, I, I love how what broke him out of it was a kid yelling at him, Superman, you're just in a slump. Yeah. A slump. Like he's a fucking baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> Like writer's block or something. Man, he's just he's just had a couple of bad innings, man. He's just in a slump. You know, he's just got to get that yeah, hit. Man. Then the hits keep coming. <laughs> Sounds like every Cubs fan when it comes to the playoffs. Like, and why does that kid know he's in a slump too? He's just like, it's okay, Superman. You're gonna get it back. It's fine. Like, well, uh, why does, why does every person in Metropolis know every one of Superman's powers? Why, yeah. why is Superman Yet giving... they don't know that he's Clark Kent. Yeah, why, why is Superman <laughs> giving press conferences and interviews where he talks about his only weakness is kryptonite? Yeah. Why are Let a lot of my things in this movie, please. Heather? Why are a lot of things in it? <laughs> why is this movie is the question. I mean, like, I totally get what you mean about the, like, the concept and the idea of that, you know, the, the fight with yourself and everything. It is a good concept. And I do agree with that. But you also, like we said, it's shrouded in so much ridiculousness. And it's also like you have to make it far enough in and you got to stay awake for it long enough to get to that part anyway, because it's just the lead up to it is just it doesn't pay off almost because you're like, it's just so slow. It's so slow. Like, and that's the only real scene of conflict in this movie. I know it yeah. thinks it has other shit in it. It doesn't. <laughs> but like that's the real thing in this. And like it really comes across like because of playing Clark as the bumbling fool, the naivety, the the innocence and all that other shit. 
juxtaposed against the intensity of that evil Superman is what makes that moment work is he does play both of those people in that fight completely differently. Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time though, like there's just a pit of acid in the middle of a junkyard. What the fuck is this movie doing? Why is it so (laughs) obsessed with acid? There is acid way too many times in this movie. (laughs) See the writer liked the writer liked misinterpretation jokes between characters and acid. That that pretty much is what he liked. Technology. It's just technology, misinterpretation jokes, and acid. That's the only (laughs) things he fucking knew how to brighten a movie. That's it. I feel like this movie was written by like three people. There was like the guy that just knew the Superman side. There was the guy that just knew the comedy. And then there was the guy that just knew the acid in computers. (laughs) (laughs) And they just tried to like captain planet that shit they were just trying to sit there going with our powers combined we get superman (laughs) three heather go i i I was this still doesn't even count as me going yet i was just commenting on your acting part of it heather go (laughs) honestly like it's it's hard to think of things that we haven't already discussed like just my my major frustrations and issues with the movie are that freaking opening scene I was literally just like, what is this? And like, <laughs> there's just it's so messy and like just all over the place. And it, it, yeah, it just kind of, I guess from the opening, I should have known the tone of what was going to be happening in this movie. It was just so all over the place and like, so, so just very like, what is happening kind of thing? <laughs> like, Yeah. And so I just, I had a lot of issues with that and it went on for a super long time. Kind of like, um, Catwoman's intro went on for like 5 million years. Felt like that a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, and then honestly, just like, I really think one of the biggest factors of why this movie does not work is the way it's paced and the way that it's kind of like cut together it just the the way that they were like this story's wrapping up but there's still like two more stories that they're actually about to either start or <laughs> finish up finally and it just it's not it's just not put together well in that way like the way they're telling the story and it just it threw me off and it just it did not keep me interested um those honestly those were just uh, aside from like the specifics of certain scenes um that's really that's the only thing I can really add to like why I had such a huge problem with this movie. Um, But I understand what you're saying about there are some ideas and there are some things in this that really, I mean, they had potential to be a lot better, especially that inner struggle thing. Like I love that kind of thing. You know, I mean, you've seen it in other movies and things too, but you know, there, there could have been some real great stuff with that, you know? Um, But again, just the way that they executed everything, it just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't go well. It didn't match up. So I just, it it was just an exhausting movie to watch because it just, it went on for forever. And then you just feel like they're, they're kind of like dancing around the conclusions that they want to make without actually doing anything with them. And then they finally get to it. And then you're just like, 
instead of like, oh my gosh, that was such a great way to end or wrap up the story. You're by the time you get there, you're just like, okay, finally that story's done. Like, <laughs> let's move on. So it, it, un, unfortunately, that's just kind of the the attitude I had throughout this movie. It just it didn't grab me in any sort of way. And like Lois Lane was such a non-factor in this movie, pretty much. Was it? I yeah. mean, and I, I, I could be wrong, but wasn't she like they were they ended up together at the end of the movie, didn't they? In the second one? No. OK. I don't fucking I remember. Don't. Yeah. Oh, see, and that's okay. the thing is, wait, wait, wait. In the second one, isn't that whenever she finds out who he is, but then she get, he gives her the amnesia kiss? Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So she right. can't. Yeah. That's what that's what happens. But they were together for a little bit. Yeah. But you're totally right. It's it's really a travesty that she just is a non-factor in this. And this is freaking Superman. Yeah. And she's in it for a total of maybe like four minutes. I mean, and just because she was such a huge part of the other ones, you know, it just was like weird to to just kind of act like she wasn't even a big deal in this one at all you know he had no qualms about you know like oh i have feelings for her but i know i need to move on like you don't even get any of that type of thing really so it's just you know just the way that they did that um storyline or just their their dynamic and their characters it just it was almost a non-factor in this one and that was just kind of a throw-off as well because i mean i know she wasn't the like main love interest or whatever in this one, but she wasn't even in it at all. It was just very strange. So, um, yeah, I mean, I really, there's, there's just not much more I can add to like what I, I was already kind of agreeing with everything that you guys were talking about with your specific scenes. So really just emphasizing how terribly paced and put together the story, the story was in, in this one. That's kind of the big, the big one for me. Guys, I'm severely disappointed in you. No one talked about the fact that a woman got turned into a robot and then unturned into a robot at the end of this movie. (laughs) How could we forget that? Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, trust me. I was going to mention the boss fight. The what I think might be the worst boss fight in the history of us. movies i i love how whatever was what he does whenever he designs the kill switch for that computer it's unscrewing a single screw (laughs) or the fact that they've got like a kryptonite laser and then like that it just like sits there and then whenever they like it's supposed to defend itself against anything except shit that's happening right next to it like richard Pryor hitting it with an axe Apparently he just goes, fuck, we never, we never thought we could figure that out. And like all this other stuff, like it in, in the acid, the fact that the computer is like, oh, acid, we can't get hurt by acid. Like, oh, and also what heated that acid up? Cause it needs to get up to like what? 230 degrees or something like that. Or however fucking hot it needed to get. Like, why is it when it's in the middle of a lab on fire, it takes what? 87 minutes to get that hot. But if it's just next to a computer, it turns into the fucking ooze from Ghostbusters 2 and explodes everywhere like they're yelling at it in a toaster. <laughs> That's true. Like it's it it's so disjointed. I mean, 
I'm I'm really upset that the 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 quote unquote hot girl from the beginning of the movie, who's the distractingly hot girl throughout most of the movie, which also is the girl Superman fucks. I can't she's tell not you that how. cute though, guys. I'm just throwing that out there. It's 1983. She's fine, I guess. But <laughs> Superman fucks her. That's all that matters. I'm still disappointed that you guys are not on board the Superman fuck train. Anyway, why like why was there no payoff to her being a secret genius? I was severely upset about that. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that everybody thought she was just this dumb bimbo and she was a secret genius. And she would just say things here that but it it had zero payoff. Like I, that made me so sad. I was totally on board for her to be like the secret villain of this movie. Like she's actually just tricking everyone the whole time. And she's the actual villain and all this other shit. Man, that would have been great. And they set that up. But no. They just had her say a couple of smart things and get fucked by Superman. That's her only purpose in that. And don't get me wrong. I'm totally down for Superman fucking. (laughs) I can't tell you how great that is. But I was just disappointed that her character didn't have any payoff. And also, were you guys not creeped out by the fact that the, the two villains in this movie... I mean, it's the 80s, so they could could have been in their early 40s, but they look like they're at least 72 years old each. And that she called him Bubba. <laughs> like, they're adults. Like, adult adults. They are downright geriatric. And she still calls him Bubba. Yeah, that is super weird. I don't Man, even I'll- like it when my adult sisters call me Bubba the, like, three times we've seen each other in the last 13 years. One of my sisters still I've goes, never been a fan of Bubba, that. I'm not fucking Bubba Gump from Forrest Gump, motherfucker. I don't have a shrimp <laughs> restaurant. I don't know how they get away with it at their advanced age in this movie. Yeah. And then it was just, again, just repeat gags. The, the, the brother is greedy and wants a lot of money and wants power. Though the the girl is uh, the 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 sister is ugly and somebody's gonna think she's a mom or something because yay she's ugly. And then the girl the and then the, here's the the blonde girl. She's the cute one. Yeah, look at her. She's cute. And guess what? But she's a genius. And they just and that's. I mean, it was just this again. It was just the same dynamic over and over and over again. And then random quote unquote funny bits from Richard Pryor. Like, what was that scene to have this point about talk about a change of tone? They're sitting here going over this diabolical plot like, okay, this is what we could do. The computers and stuff like that. And then suddenly Richard Pryor just skis off a building (laughs) like. What? Also, like, the the guy at the beginning with the yeah, the guy with the gun that like slides down the stairs like real cool, like after he like shoots a gun, like that guy at the beginning. That's what that reminded me of. Yeah, that, that gets lost in the mayhem that is Metropolis every fucking right. morning. <laughs> Just making himself really obvious because he's like up like on a platform with his gun waving around. Just slides down the stairs, like really making a show of it, and just nobody cares. Like, it's just, oh my God, it's utter mayhem. But, like, when you're talking about tonal shifts, like, what about like Richard Pryor when they're talking about how essentially he'll can, like, that one guy will fucking control the world? And he's like, man, that's not cool. And he's like, 
well, then fine. What do you want? And he goes, I want a computer that can control everything. And you're like, wait, why are you sitting there telling the guy that it's not cool, but then you want something that is easily just as evil? <laughs> like Richard Pryor's character in this movie was the moral equivalent of like one of those like click clack things that the people have on their desks where it's like the metal balls and you like hit one and it goes back and forth constantly. That was Richard Pryor's morality in this movie. <laughs> he was not a favorite character of mine. I will have to say that about him in this movie. All right. I'm going to ask you guys a question. What was a bigger waste of Richard Pryor? This or the toy? <laughs> I was literally just thinking about that movie. Oh man. Um, that's, that's a close call. I don't even know. I mean, might it might be a tie. It's Maybe the something. toy because he's a bigger character in that one. So bigger waste because he's a bigger character. Yeah, but then, I mean, maybe. And on top of that, it's a weird, thinly veiled version of slavery. And like, I say thinly <laughs> veiled. It's not veiled. They just don't say that word. That's the only <laughs> difference. <laughs> Man, it, that is that is a that is a toss up, man. But this movie, I mean, he absolutely. What did that character even learn? Was there even an arc for that character? Like, like, okay, he does all of this stuff, and then at the end, he kind of gets a heart and goes, "Oh no, well, I don't want to kill Superman, so let me stop that." But then after that's over, Superman takes him to a place and goes, "Hey, you guys should hire this guy. You know, he's a good guy and everything like that." Although that was weird that he just didn't go. You're going to jail too, but he was like, you know, you're just you as responsible for all the shit everybody else yeah exactly like why wasn't he just going to jail too but he was superman was like you know he's a good guy hire this guy and then superman leaves and they go do you want a job and he's like nah man I, where's the bus <laughs> <laughs> i mean <laughs> it, <laughs> but like i don't understand him at all though because like like what was he like what was the purpose of having missile launchers built into your computer? If you don't think you're going to kill other people, like what's the point of a missile that weirdly has a window on the front of it? Like it's a spaceship. If you don't plan on killing people and then all of a sudden when Superman's there, he's like, oh man, we can't kill Superman. What the fuck was the point of all the fucking weaponry built into your computer? <laughs> They designed it to his specifications. He designed it with weaponry. And then he's like, nah, I can't kill somebody. What the fuck is going on? And just like yeah, that character. <laughs> he just made no sense, man. No sense. No sense at all. I mean, it's just preposterous on so many levels. And like, you could tell they were going like, yeah, we're making a comedy version of Superman. And then they forgot, I don't know, adding comedy. Like, I know it's 1983 and their version of comedy was different than ours. But like the year after this, you get Gremlins, which is an underrated horror comedy type of movie. You get Ghostbusters. Before this, you had Airplane. Don't tell me you can't fucking do actual comedy in a fucking movie. I mean, Trading Places came out around this time. Like, there's fucking funny movies out there. And they did this <laughs> like I will say this also kudos to this movie, because when 
you know, Superman's doing target practice with the bowl of mixed nuts at the bar and he's destroying all the liquor bottles. I did notice and I appreciate that one of the more prominent bottles of alcohol sitting there is a bottle of beef eater London dry gin and they didn't destroy that. It's my favorite gin. Kudos to this movie mm-hmm. for not destroying my bottle of beef eater. <laughs> I mean, what else needs to be said? Oh, this computer has apparently the ability to physically move wires, which that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> so strong that they could restrain Superman. I was like, how would those wires, how could those wires pull him anywhere? Wires, guys, wires. Like, well, but I mean, this is the weird, like, these Superman movies are always weird to me because they're made in the 1980s, which the 1980s Superman is vastly different than this. But they still kind of treat Superman like it's the 1940s when they were giving Superman every ridiculous power that has ever existed. Like, I don't know, like, like back in the day, they used to give Superman a power, like a different power, almost every fucking issue. There's an issue of Superman where because people think that they figured out that he's Clark Kent. Superman has the ability to shoot out a mini Superman out of his hand to fly across the sky. So people look up and go, oh, look, Superman's up there. Oh, but Clark's right there. I guess Clark's not Superman. Like that was a power Superman (laughs) had at one point. Yep. (laughs) And then they do shit in this movie. And it's but they did that like in the, the, the other ones, too. Like when he took the Superman S off his chest and threw it at Zod and them and like yeah. captured them with the S. <laughs> it's like that type of shit. Like whatever power Superman needs at that time, he can have it. Or like I said earlier, the amnesia kiss. He's able to kiss, kiss Lois Lane and wipe her memories away. Like they very much treat like Superman like that. That's still kind of how they treat Superman in this, you know? His speed widely varies. I mean, he's able to go five miles in like 30 seconds earlier in the movie, but then it takes him 30 seconds to also fly 20 feet to save a kid in a field. I mean, but it's one of those things, though, that like I think it's hilarious that, like I said, everyone knows his powers because at one point Richard Pryor comments on the fact that he has x-ray vision or heat vision or something like that when he's talking about him stopping all the shit down in Columbia. You know, and uh, oh, fuck, there was one other thing that they do something like that where they call like they call out something about Superman. And I'm like, why the fuck do they know this? Oh, it's escaping me now. But like they just weirdly everybody knows so much about Superman. Oh, like they know he's from Krypton and they know he's like an alien and all this shit. Like they know all that about him. Like, why the fuck are they giving out? Is he giving out this information like this? Also. I love that they weirdly put in this movie that somebody at the Daily Planet wins a trip to South America just so whatever they do, the weather scenes in South America, they can come back and be like, we're suing you because our trip to South America sucked because of crazy weather. What the fuck did that scene have to do with anything? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Why was it needed? But they were just like, we need a scene tying it all together. Like, what's the point of Jimmy Olsen going with Superman to Smallville just to, like, break his leg five minutes into the trip? Like, right? why? Why is that needed? Like, it's just utter insanity all the time. Like, also, why was it Richard Pryor? Oh, like, 
a master of disguise also. On top of being an apparently ace-level computer programmer and designer, <laughs> he's also a Dana Carvey master of disguise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he was that military man. <laughs> but then he was also the alcohol bar installer man. <laughs> Like, he's just a jack of all trades. And it's just, it's weird, like, how they did all that. There really is one other thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, 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 oh. Why has nobody brought up the fact that Superman, apparently in all his powers, also has magical oil blowing breath? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) He is able to just blow oil out of the ocean. And then on top of that, apparently this was a special type of oil that was not ignited by his fucking heat vision while he's welding the boat back together. Yeah. (laughs) I will say this. There was a nice little detail in that scene when he's folding the metal back down into place and the oil's just staying back. If you notice... Superman is actually still blowing on the oil in that scene. I actually appreciated that little detail as to how the oil is staying in the ship. He's still blowing on it while he's folding the metal back. But then he's able to weld the the boat together and not just explode it. Superman is very much a special character indeed. You guys have any more thoughts about this fucking movie? Well, the last thing I'll say is just... um, the one last thing I'll say, and this is kind of to have this point too, like with all of the emotional ties and everything that he had to Lois and everything like that. And yeah, we get that her memory was white, but yes, he should still feel something for her. And at the end of the movie, what does he do? He brings Lana to the office and has her working there and has them both working in the same office. And that is kind of insensitive, huh? I mean, especially with, you know, you'd think that the history he had with Lois, like, why would you bring her to that? You know, why would you have them both? That just seemed like you're just asking for a bad situation. But it was just funny how, like, they just they just acted like he had completely moved on from Lois. And we know that that's, you know, who he loves. So, yeah, that was just very, like... It really was just a slap in the face to those what to everything you established in those first two movies. So I just wanted to throw that in there, too. So, yeah, there you go. Another bad point. I'm done. Well, I at least appreciate that it's Lana because comic speaking, that was his first love. So I at least appreciate that it's that. But then, like, he's around her for like a day and a half and he's like, Oh, you should move to Metropolis and I'm going to get you a diamond ring and all this other friends. Like, Holy fuck. <laughs> I especially yeah. love it. Cause out as Superman, he's going in fucking other women. It's amazing. And then he did say, Superman gave you this, you know, found this and gave yes. this to you. Yes. But when she's at the office, she goes, Clark gave it to me. <laughs> Well, I mean, to be fair, Clark was the one that gave it to her. But yes, it should have been like, oh, Superman gave it to me through Clark. Yeah, he didn't even correct it. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't correct it either. He just smiled. So that was kind of weird to me, too. I do like that this movie posits 
that Superman is afraid of all computers now. Also, just because he's around the electric <laughs> bingo machine and he's like, nope, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> I also love that uh, just apparently evil Superman, what gets him sanctioned by the UN is he straightens the leaning tower of Pisa. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that is such a, a <laughs> just, uh, you know, blemish on, on the world that the UN sanctions him. For straightening out a fucking building. (laughs) And then he goes, you know what? I did a bad thing. I straightened this building. Let me go lean it over again. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I just, I I love the fact that. Big point of it. That guy essentially has a mental breakdown. And he's just literally destroying dollars and dollars of his own property. Just because of Superman. Superman single-handedly ruined that man's life. He ruined his life twice. <laughs> no, he recovered from the first one because he bought straight statues. And then Superman went and leaned it over again. So all his straight statues were useless. Like that man's never going to financially recover from having to replace his <laughs> full inventory twice. No one could recover from that. Oh, man. I also like the idea that in this movie that if just somebody shows up to a scene where a fire is going on, and goes, hey, how can I help? A firefighter will just yell, get this guy a helmet. <laughs> right. <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> and then he goes, oh, it's Superman. Never mind on the helmet, guys. It's Superman. <laughs> Why the fuck does Superman need to ask these fuckers if they need help anyway? Motherfucker, this building's just on do fire. It. Just put Go the fire fly out. in there. Like, yeah, just start helping. <laughs> why Why are you going, hey, chief, what you need me to do? I don't know. Put the fucking fire out? Let's start with that one, genius. Or, I don't know, save the people from the fire. Dealer's choice. Pick one. Just do something <laughs> instead of standing here asking me what the fuck as a superhero you need to do. Right. And I do love that he was like, get this guy a helmet. Like, just any civilian off the street. Can just, <laughs> I can just walk up to a fire. Next it. time I see a fire, I'm just going to walk up. Hey, chief, what you need me to do? He can go, go get this man a helmet. He's fighting fires today. <laughs> just ask, do you got an extra man? I'm going in. Oh, sure, dude. Here you go. We always. It's not that. like. <laughs> It's a little different than like a like a soup kitchen where it's just like, hey, where do you need me today? You know, <laughs> you got to have a little bit more like authority to be able to do something. You know, I just like the idea that it's like, no, no, don't get him any of the other protective gear firefighters wear. Just get him a fucking helmet. That's all he needs. Safety first, man. Get that helmet. Yeah, you would think you would need the fire retardant clothes. No, no, right. no. Just a helmet. <laughs> Shit might fall in his head. That's all we're worried about today. (laughs) Fuck all these other qualifications. Just do that. Why couldn't he just blow the fire out? Why couldn't he just blow the fire out? Motherfucker has super breath. He could have blown the fire out, but no, no, no. He goes, let me travel five miles away, freeze just a weird sheet of ice and bring it back and, I don't know, drop it from enough height that it hits terminal velocity and melts and turns into rain. Because that's how rain works. 
what the fuck is this movie doing? I just, I, 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 I'm done. I am done. I am too. So am I. Very much so. Yes. So on that note, thank you guys for listening to this astonishing fucking episode of the cinema slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on Facebook at Cinema Slayers Podcast or Cinema underscore Slayers at Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you can, give us a five-star rating and review on your preferred uh, podcast listening uh, platform. That really helps us out. Unless you're Kurt. And uh, fuck you, Kurt. Because <laughs> I still haven't heard it yet. I still haven't gone, I still haven't seen a review from you. I don't give a fuck if Spotify can do reviews. You should email Spotify and say, hey, you need to allow me to do reviews because this podcast is just accosting me every fucking episode until I do it. And this is one of those episodes. Once again, fuck you, Kurt. But also thank you for your support. No. Fuck you, <laughs> Kurt. Hey. And also remember, according to Justin, Moon Knight, not Superman, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner. Why is Richard Pryor a computer genius? Why is Richard Pryor in this freaking movie? God. Because of comedy, Justin. Because of comedy. <laughs>